welcome to the podcast Rooted, where we're establishing the truth about all things hair. Connecting synergy between the beauty and mental wellness profession. Your host, Morello Kane. Hi, love. I'm Morello Kane, host of Rooted, board certified cosmetologist, CEO of The Hair Debate, and author of Seven Love Languages of Hair. And I have the pleasure of conversing with me today, Dr. Crystal Porter. How are you, Dr. Porter? I am fantastic. How are you? I am super excited in having this conversation with you. You know, Dr. Porter, um, her business is Main Insights. And so, Dr. Porter, can you just kind of talk about your experience and expertise? Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I I will start off by talking a little bit about Main Insights and then just give a brief background uh, about who I am and where I came from, right? So uh, Main Insights is a company that conducts research and I focus on the needs of people or hair needs of people from African descent. And so I got my start at Unilever Um, A lot of people don't know the name Unilever, but you definitely know their brand. So they make Dove, for example. Um, And um, they own Shea Moisture, if I'm not mistaken. And so they have acquired Black um, companies, but all that happened after I left. But um, after I worked at L'Oreal for two and a half years, and then I jumped on board at the L'Oreal Institute for Ethnic Hair and Skin Research. And that is where I spent the majority of my industry career. And it was absolutely fantastic because as one of the first scientists hired into that particular group, I mean, who would not want to be a part of advancing the science of Black hair? Because as many of you probably know, unfortunately, there is not a lot of research on our hair. So to be a part Mm -hmm. of that was like just a dream come true. So um, I was very fortunate to be a part of different projects, worldwide projects that allowed me to get hair from all over the world, curly hair in particular, and to try to understand it so that the product formulators could make products that were specific to the needs of people in those areas because all hair is not created the same. That's what I'm doing now. Well, that's what I did. And what I'm doing now is continuing that research outside of corporate confines. I absolutely love that. And that is going to take us right into our discussion, which is the facts behind white and or black hair products. And does Mm. that really exist? So Dr. Porter, so now, um, and it's, I have to say that it's remarkable that you are actually doing your research pertaining to, you know, textures and hair and all of this. And so let me just say that, you know, in cosmetology school, we're taught textures and the products used was based on, you know, the distributors in that area. But now, um, do you think this had some implication to consumers thinking that, you know, certain products were designed just for their hair? Hmm. 
That's a, a, a tough question. And I, if I had to answer yes or no, I guess I would say yes. But I think it's based on our experiences because, you know, yet, yes, I'm a scientist, but I'm also a consumer. <laughs> and one of the things that I was really surprised about is when I joined Unilever, they sell Suave and um, it, it was a product called Thermosilk back in the day. And I had access to try these products. And I couldn't believe when I tried the shampoo and conditioner that my hair did not feel the way that I wanted it to feel. And so even though they had different types or SKUs, you know, some for um, volume and some for moisture or whatever, even the one that was considered the most quote unquote moisturizing or hydrating did not leave my hair feeling the way that I wanted it to feel or the way that other products did. And so I think my consumer, I mean, my experience isn't too different than most consumers. And so I think our experiences lead us to believe that all products aren't created equal. And so we feel that we have specific needs. And so as a from you know putting on my consumer hat i would say yes i do believe that <laughs> we as consumers believe that there are black and white products based on that so now when it comes to developing product you know from a manufacturing standpoint you know what criteria do they typically use in developing those products and recipes ooh Tools. So I can only speak from the hair scientist standpoint. So the researcher part of me in terms of understanding how the products affect the overall quality of the hair. But in talking about the tools that the formulators need, are you talking about from the standpoint of the equipment that's needed to make it? Or are you talking about like the educational foundation that's needed? Yes, as far as like the raw ingredients, like the different butters that are used in products, you know, are, are they looking at the ingredients that are used based upon from a textual standpoint? Mm. Or you think that they're looking at it from um, based upon diversities? So I would say that the more sophisticated, big dollar or those who have like big research uh, dollars to back up their products, like the L'Oreal's, the Procter & Gamble's, the Unilever's, for example, I believe that they definitely do formulate for specific populations because you have to realize that some of the marketing dollars go towards making sure that certain populations are served. And so they have to do a lot of consumer studies and focus groups to understand what the needs are. And so having that foundational knowledge of having feedback from the consumer is very important. So when you have a group of Asian women, their response to a particular product may be different than Caucasian or compared to people of African descent. So yes, they do 
have a whole lot of resources available so that they can make those informed decisions. And so, yes, they do have ingredients that are going to cater to the desires of a particular consumer. Because, for example, everyone wants something natural now. And so because the consumer is driving wanting those ingredients, then the manufacturers have to consider that. So it's more than just ingredients that are good for or perceived to be better for the hair, but also, you know, consistency. So it's a lot of things that go into it, the smell. So it depends on how sophisticated or how big and the number of resources that the company has in terms of what they do. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. So now in you doing your research, are these some of the factors that you're looking at? (laughs) In a way. And so I'm, I'm glad you talked about that because what I do, because I am a scientist, I don't have the ability to connect to consumers. So my business model is based on reaching out like to experts like yourself. (laughs) and to partner with you so that we can understand what consumers are using, how they're using it, and to understand how the hair is impacted, how the quality of the hair is impacted by what they do. And what they do is not just use products, but they also style it. Well, in that styling comes the manipulation, but it also has the, you know, if if they swim or if they work out in the sun or, I mean, so there are so many variables in life that need to be considered in terms of what affects the quality. And so I think all of these things have to be known, but I can't get them alone. So in my research, I don't necessarily look at, I look at the product that they're using, how often they use it, but it's to allow me to understand hair quality and how Mm. that could be impacting some of the other things that go on with individuals. You know, there are lots of studies that talk about the health implications, for example. And so more needs to be done to understand that. And that's really what I'm doing. Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, and I love the fact that you are collaborating with other professionals, such as cosmetologists. And it's great to see that we have someone that is saying, I care. I care at you getting the results, consumer, you know, that these, you know, products are designed to be for, you know, and actually looking into the different textures of the hair. And I absolutely love that. So now let me ask you this. Looking into evolving this industry, would we say that five to 10 years from now, would we say that it would be ideal to, for, you know, um, any consumer to sit and be, be serviced by any professional, regardless of the diversity of those individuals? Mm. And the product, you know, and, and also too, the products to be, do you ever see, well, let me ask you this. Do you ever see us moving beyond classifying the, our, you know, the products as a white product and or black product? Mm. 
That really depends upon the marketing because right now products are marketed to one or the other. Now, some brands do try to say it doesn't matter. That is just based on curl. The issue that I have is that I, during my time at L'Oreal, we were able to not only classify hair in a more objective way, but looking at the factors that feed into those objective classifications, there are characteristics that need to be considered that I don't believe are really considered now. So I think the industry still needs to evolve to look at hair really based on its unique characteristics because you can have the same degree of curl, but have, and I'm sure you know this, I mean, your hands are in a lot of people's hair, Um, but you, you can have two heads, exact same degree of curl, and the response to product is totally different. Yes. And not only is that based on the hair history, it's could, it could also be based on the microscopic characteristics of the hair as well. And so when you have knowledge that is specific about those heads that you see, then you can really make informed decisions about what's needed and really cater to that client in a very unique way. Okay. Dr. Porter, uh, I'm over here just hollering. Oh, my God. And so, but let's take a break. Let's give a little love to our sponsors. We will be right back. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Carly Red, and you are watching the Hair Debate. Don't forget to debate about the hair because it's coming soon at to a city near you. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, in our interview with Dr. Krista Porter, she is going to discuss her experience with white hair and black products and why she feels the way she does according to her own experience. You don't want to miss it. Tune in. Thank you for joining today's episode of Rooted. Visit MoraloCane.com. Follow us on all social media at The Hair Debate and at Morello Kane. Don't forget to like and share. 